Welcome to Ona Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal that should be terrible. Instead, we take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy, and we are going back to CDP1. Yeah, and I think we confuse some people mm-hmm. because we released this episode. We let people know it's from. 2015, 2015, the first part, but we didn't really explain why we've waited so long to <laughs> release it. I guess we just thought that would become apparent over time, but here's some important exposition in episode two. So the class that we took is called CDP-1. Right. Consciousness Development Program. Correct. One. One. And <laughs> we knew there were going to be more, a two and a three. And a four. And a four. And so We thought, well, we should definitely go back for part two, and then we'll report on it. Yep. And you'll see whether that pans out or not. We can say now that every CDP class is a two-day affair. So it's Saturday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. It's usually 1 to 6.30 each day. Yeah, it's a big weekend. So that's a commitment. It's not Scientology-level commitment. No. But thing is. But still, you got to clear out your weekend. Mm-hmm. And Carrie and I play a constant game of comparing schedules. And they're only offered every once in a blue moon, yes. depending on the level that you need. So maybe it's like, oh, cool, we do have this weekend open. Oh, but they're doing CDP3 and we're on CDP2. Yeah. So every four months, we're comparing notes. Hey, can you set this weekend aside? No, you can't. All right, we'll wait for the next one in another four months. Right. And so we ended up going back for CDP2, I want to say like a year later. Yeah. Anyway, so that's why it took so long, because every time we decided, oh, let's do a little more. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because, you know, we want to get out of these goddamn bodies. So hopefully now that makes a little more sense as to why we held on to that. And you'll hear us progress throughout the years. We'll be as excited as you are to find out what we said. Maybe we'll get better at podcasting as time goes on. So here we are again in 2015 on our second day at the IAC CDP1 Part 2. You were saying, past Carrie? And we had two teachers on the next day, a man and a woman. Yeah. Neil uh-huh. and... Gertrude. Yes, and Gertrude. So Neil came out and he wanted us to know right off the bat, their approach to out-of-body experiences are more scientific than others. Oh. Hey. Okay. Sounds like our cup of tea, right? Yeah, yeah. We like tea. Evidence. By the way, there were no hot drinks here. That's right. There weren't. No, but there was good water. Anyway. I liked this first instructor because... Yeah, me too. He's pretty lively. And he was very good at explaining things. These are hard things to talk about because you're talking about all these non-physical ideas. And yet he seemed to be able to throw around scientific terms pretty well. Like, Mm -hmm. kind of understood the world as it works, but he'd also clearly gotten into this parapsychology stuff. It was really funny. We, We would go off in these long tangents in the class... He was talking about ectoplasm. Mm -hmm. And then we went off in this long thing. He's talking about this energy that exists somewhere between the astral realm, but can manifest physically in ectoplasm. And it's been shown like mediums can conjure it. He's talking about all this stuff that's, I think, in every case been shown to be fakery. Do you want to explain what ectoplasm is? Well, for anyone who hasn't seen Ghostbusters, ghosts can leave these trails of this energy that will materialize into physical matter. And it can turn into like this kind of goopy 
stuff, mm -hmm. and that is ectoplasm. And it seems to have come from these spiritualists of yore who mm. were just using like cloths and yeah, cheese to, cloth, yeah, and something like to that to simulate it. But he was very uh, convinced that that was a real thing. So some other things he mentioned, he was talking about the physical stuff, about preparing for your out-of-body experience, which felt like, okay, like we're getting down to brass tacks a little. Mm -hmm. So he said, one of the things you can do is change the position of your body. Like if you normally lay in your bed with your head on one side, now mm -hmm. lay with your head where your feet would normally be. Ah, uh, yes. And that could help you kind of get out of your body because your spiritual body will automatically still lay the other way. And yeah, he was referring to like phantom limbs being a related phenomenon. Again, we have like pretty good understanding of how that works with mm -hmm. the mind. But he was saying, oh, because, you know, you have this astral body and you're still sensing that as your missing limb. Right. Kind of close to the truth. Sure. Yeah. Sure, yeah. It's just that your astral body is your memory. Your yeah, proprioception. Your, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> your, own in, your own internal map of your, your body. Right. So when you're getting ready for your out-of-body experience, basically you want to eliminate as much stimulation as possible. You want mm -hmm. to be in a comfortable position where your body can truly like go limp. The ideal time is to do it three hours after you've started going to sleep. Right. So it's good to set an alarm. Three to four hours, yeah. Right. Which again, like this is also the time we know that people go into lucid dreams. So a little suspicious, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. And lucid dreams clearly a related phenomenon mm -hmm. and kind of a first step towards the true out-of-body experience. Right. Another little trick that I thought was clever, you can go to sleep but hold your arm up a little. So mm. then as you fall asleep, it'll fall, it'll hit your face, you'll be like, uh, and then you bring your arm up again. So yeah. you just keep waking yourself up over and over. Sounds delightful. <laughs> but the perfect state you want to go for, he was saying, is when your body is super tired. But, but your mind's alert. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you can achieve that, that is your best chance. And he said, even then, like even when you're experienced as he is, you've been doing this for many years, you're still only going to be successful some of the time. Right. Being you a made it sound like you'll you'll even fail more times than you'll succeed. It's like being a, like a batter in baseball where like mm -hmm. a, a point three average is like really good. Yeah, that's funny. I just went to two Dodger games oh, yeah? this month. Uh, I hadn't been in a while and I was telling someone like... Go blue. It's, it's so weird that like this is a sport where... Most of the time, you are about as good at baseball as I am. Uh -huh. And then just like sometimes you're amazing at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you also want to get a quiet frame of mind. And he said for beginners, this can mm -hmm. be tough, right? Because you're kind of excited and you should right. be willing, but you don't want to be over eager. And then if you get excited because it's happening, then you're going to snap back into your body. Yeah, there's all these <sighs> little Goldilocks zones that you can, uh, yeah. you know, overdo it or underdo it. Yeah, he says to go for a colder temperature and obviously low light. Mm -hmm, right. And once you master that vibrational state, you don't really need anything else. Like he said, if you can get to the vibrational state, you're like, you've jumped hurdle one. You don't really need any other tricks. Right. After that, it's just sort of like trial and error. Mm -hmm. So that's good for me. But I'm, I still... Spoiler, I haven't been out of my body yet. Well, it's interesting. He gave kind of this mental image. He was saying that, again, 99% of the time, he was saying we do travel out of our body while we're sleeping. And he said that the body just naturally will drift up. Uh-huh. The astral body will float just above your body, kind of tethered in. Mm -hmm. And they had a picture of this on the wall that we were always looking at. Right. He said it's a, you know very easy then. It's natural that we should just take off, mm -hmm. continue the journey. Sure, why not? And then he said, and I totally support this, it's good to check to verify your experience. Try to meet someone in the astral yeah. realm. 
exchange notes. And, and they he were said talking that's to, been successful for him. Yeah, and they were talking about doing meetups, essentially. Like, right. you find other people who are trying this. Oh, let's all meet up here at the IAC in our little drop tile ceiling room. We'll hang out for a while, and then we can compare notes tomorrow. And he said that, like, he's confirmed it before, but the stories were pretty vague. It was like, yeah, yeah I told my mom, and then she remembered, like, oh, yeah, I did have a dream you were in. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah. It sounded like borderline false recovered memory. Yeah, which are easy to yeah easy to imprint. Remember the time we were in the hot air balloon? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember? Uh, yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. He also said that out of body experiences can catch you up on sleep. So he said if he gets four hours of sleep right. and five minutes of an out of body experience, he feels caught up on sleep. Then later he said it's very tiring though. <laughs> oh, really? Wait, what? Oh, yeah. I missed that. Oh, funny. So that's uh, a little confusing. Huh. Oh, yeah. One thing that I think everyone can relate to is he said that feeling of falling and jerking awake. Yes. That's you having just a very brief out-of-body experience and then getting called back into the body. Or the, your sleep paralysis fading out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sure. Let's go with that one. Yeah, one of those. I do that all the time. Me too. Oh my God, me too. Like mine is I'll be running somewhere uh-huh. and, and then I wake up I'm like, shoot, and like my leg will kick out uh-huh. in front of me. And I'm sure it annoys my wife to no end. Constantly sure. kicking her. Yeah. I did it one time with, with my fist. I was like punching oh, someone. No. Yeah. And my fist shot out right over her face. <laughs> oh my God. And she woke up and she looked over at me with like her eyes wide and like my fist is just like right oh over her, her nose. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had no control of it. Thankfully, it's usually just my leg. Speaking of sleep walking and sleep talking and sleep paralysis and so on. Yeah. I had a dog with a sleep disorder, our dear friend Tumi, RIP. Oh, really? Yeah. He had like canine sleepwalking disorder, basically. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So he would howl in his sleep. He would like sort of try to run, but stumble in his sleep. Oh. My favorite time. And I use favorite loosely uh-huh. is when he sleep peed on my pillow next to my face. <laughs> but he woke up while doing it. And I've never seen a dog more humiliated. He Aww. like woke up and looked out. It was like, slinked off That's all so sad. sad. Yeah. Now Jimmy, I'm picturing Cinderella because the, the dog, he's uh, busy like dreaming Aww. that he's running after Lucifer, the uh-huh, cat. Uh-huh. And you can see he's all happily like uh, uh-huh. moving his legs. Yep, they do that. I never thought of that. Interesting. Also like intracranial sounds. Oh, I think we've all had those where like you're about to fall asleep here in that hypnagogic state and you just start to hear sounds that you know aren't there. They're not like vibrating in your ear. Giving You're giving you a me a very blank stare. stare. Do you not get this? No. Okay, have you had hypnagogic hallucinations? Not really, no. Oh! Which I'm totally bummed about. Oh, wow. Okay, because in this uh, session, we did exercise where I told you I was in the hypnagogic state for a full, like, almost half an hour. Yeah, And wow. I was I was seeing lots of stuff and hearing lots of stuff. But that's- I'm I, so jealous. I wish man, I could do that. I'm really surprised. I thought that was very common. But yeah, I'll, like, I can just- I'll hear people talking to me. I'll hear whole conversations. When we were doing that exercise, I saw a family setting an Italian table, like with one of those Italian tablecloths, oh and they were goodness. like making dinner, and I could hear them talking and everything. Oh, weird. Yeah. Well, weird. Okay. My wife has had, she's hallucinated that there is a body, like a woman hovering right above her. Oh, almost old hag syndrome. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, like in a white dress. It sounds so creepy and I was so jealous. Like, yeah. I want to be able to do that. Man, I think of hypnagogic hallucinations as so like banal. It's just so like... <sighs> 
I mean, because they make me want out-of-body experiences, but yeah. I'm, you know, in them, I'm like, oh, this is just that thing. Quick side note. One of the things he mentioned was a popping sensation. As you're falling into this state, sometimes people hear a popping inside their head. Also, helpers are there to help you get out of your body. Yes. These sort of spiritual entities that want to help you dislodge. Then if you get really good at it, you can be a helper and help others. Why not? And let's say there's a tsunami. You can go and do assistential projections where you assist, but you can't move anything. No, you just get to sit and watch. That's helpful. You can go to the tsunami and be like, oh, this is fucked up, you guys. Here's some co-scenes. Right. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Why send money when you can send yourself? (laughs) (laughs) That's like the Scientologist going down to Haiti, you know, Uh like in the disaster recovery. Oh, right. And just talking about Scientology. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They they brought down e-meters and stuff. Like, yeah, that's really helpful. Yeah. Please go away. (laughs) Yikes. Well, if I'm going to be traveling out of my body, Carrie, Mm -hmm. this is Ross from 2018, by the way. Whoa. Hi. Yeah. Hey, I know. That was sudden. When you can move through time and space mm-hmm. and project geologize yourself. Oh, yeah, yourself. fair enough. Yeah. You can you time just... travel too. Exactly, exactly. And you took me with you. And when you're doing this, when you're laying down and you're traveling out of your body, you want that body to be somewhere comfortable. That is a really good point. If you start getting into astral travel, you're going to spend some time on some cots, some mattresses. You're going to want some smooth, silky sheets laying on top of you. And you can get those sheets from Brooklinen. Exactly. And Brooklinen is one of our sponsors today. That's weird that this came up. Oh, yeah. What a coincidence. They were founded in 2014, right around when we were taking these classes. Yeah, uh, before. Yeah. But But close. They anticipated our need of sheets. Yeah, exactly. And they were founded with the philosophy that beautiful home essentials don't need to have crazy prices. Brooklinen has over 20,000 five-star reviews. That is a hundred thousand stars. And this is luxury betting, but underpriced, you guys. So Brooklinen has an exclusive offer just for our listeners. Get $20 off and free shipping when you use promo code Ross and Carrie at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen is so confident that they offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all of their sheets and comforters. The only way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use our promo code RossandCarry at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code RossandCarry. R-O-S-S-A-N-D-C-A-R-R-I-E. It's time to live in comfort like your podcast co-hosts. Yes, exactly. For a second of that, you said your punk-ass co-hosts <laughs> instead of podcast, which I think we are as well. And back to 2015. Did you know, Ross? That the energetic is 1,000th physical. Does that mean something? I don't think so, but that guy thinks so. Okay. Neil, I wrote it down in quotes. We think maybe the energetic is 1,000th physical. And I think at this point, you and I were just at the point where you're just nodding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. One thousandth <laughs> physical. Good point. Moving on. If uh-huh. I nod, maybe you'll say something different that makes right. more sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, Ross, did yes. you know that during your out-of-body experience, you can just give yourself commands and they'll happen? Oh, right. 
you want to yes. just like you want to have 360 degree vision, you yes. just say, "I want to see behind myself too." That was our bam, th- it'll happen. That was our third teacher who said yes. that. Yes. Yeah. Gertrude. We are so used to seeing out through our eyes, you know, at uh, 175 degrees or whatever it is, that we can then tell ourselves to expand our vision and see, oh, we can see other colors that we can't even describe back on Earth because Uh there are no words. Those hues aren't in I have no words. Physical spectrum. For those colors. But they're gorgeous. But they're there and I want to see them. You know, uh, have you seen the uh, those new glasses that are for colorblind people? Oh, yeah. Those are so neat. Super cool idea. Really cool. Yeah. Apparently, uh, people like you and I with typical color vision, mm-hmm. if we put them on, we see more vibrant colors, too. Oh. Yeah. So well, that's I want to wear them now. Yeah, me too. I think right now, though, you can only wear them out of doors. Yeah, just because they, only... they cut down so much light. Uh-huh. Yeah, so other, in, indoors, it would just be like dark. Like sunglasses and, or yeah. something. Yeah. And the average out-of-body experience, by the way, is 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah, I asked that. I wanted to know how long this would happen. But within the out-of-body experience, it's like dreaming where you could feel like you've done a week's worth of things, Uh um, Uh but you've only been in it for 10 minutes. Right. Yeah, I immediately wanted to be like, like Narnia. But again, we're at the point here where we're like, "Uh uh-huh, sure. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) good. Yeah. Is it almost five? Yeah, we if we keep go going, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think they ran over every time. I know, and this was the night of my birthday party, so I was yes. like, I need to go pick up beer. So, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Darnia, got it. Oh, yeah, and that's when they chose to tell us about morphothocene. So, like, mm-hmm. uh-huh, yep, morphothocene. Sure, to- totally, got it. Um, here's another quote I wrote down from the other Carrie. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. In quantum physics, things don't appear until you want them to. They're starting to prove that. Oh, 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 no. Man, people so misunderstand that, the observer effect. Mm-hmm. That is so irritating. Until you want them to. <laughs> they're starting to prove that, Ross. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe you're disappointed that they haven't totally proven it, but they're starting to, okay? I won't name names, but I, I know a gentleman who once in a, a public space speaking situation said it's like a car going down the street you can know how fast it is but you can't know where it is <laughs> what? you can know how fast it's going but you can't know its exact location like no 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 what does that mean why does that analogy work for him because okay, he's thinking like well it works on a quantum level you know uncertainty principle must apply to cars as well it doesn't make any sense. That is truly an auto body experience. The whole point of analogies is that you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this makes sense in my normal experience, so now I can apply it to this other thing. But he's like, you the- know this thing that never happens? It's like that. Exactly. <laughs> um, another thing our teacher said that I wrote down and again did not question was, you know those ghosts who just say the same thing over and over? <laughs> yeah, you know them. And then, like, said it's because they still have a lot to learn, and that's like the one thing they're caught on. But I was like, no, I don't know those ghosts. And yet, we all still just like yeah, nodded. Like, yep, said, yep, mm-hmm, those yep, ghosts. Uh-huh, the- Casper got it. Remember them. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there was a lot of talk about, oh, man, yeah, we really got off course talking about ghosts and, you know, why they wear clothes because they're projecting themselves as they mm-hmm. remember themselves and they don't know they're dead. And then we're referencing The Sixth Sense and lots of other movies <laughs> and, oh, lots of movie references uh-huh. being thrown around. Yeah, What Dreams May Come mm-hmm. was also referenced. Which she was talking about, like, how, oh, my how in that movie, like, if you commit suicide, then you're in, like, a darker place. And I was like, I feel really awkward about this reference right now because probably he'd stick kill himself, maybe. Oh. Uh, 
Yeah. And this instructor, Gertrude, she was telling us all about these different realms within the astral world. Mm-hmm. And and they were definitely saving this for like day two. We'd kind of ask those sorts of questions right. a day one. They're like, oh, we'll, we'll cover that and later. And they'd act like, oh, you're skipping ahead. Like there's any way to do that in this. Like <laughs> yeah. there's any way to rein it in and be like, oh, I'm sorry, you're right. We were talking about a totally irrational step one <laughs> and I skipped to step four. And even at this point, lots of things we'd bring up, they'd be like, oh, we'll cover that in module two. Right. When you've paid us another $130. Yeah. But yeah, she was describing, oh my goodness, like this really complicated reality, astral reality of all these different dimensions. That Mm -hmm. was the term she was using. And I can only assume they exist on different vibrational frequencies. Mm -hmm. Because those are words too. Yes. Nod, Uh, nod, nod. There's a realm and she showed them kind of stacked up almost like uh, layers of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, turtles all the way down. here's where we live. And there was, of course, a name for our current one. And then above that is the, the paratroposphere. Sure. Yeah. Is that where the paratroposphere is, came in? I think in? so, yeah. Oh, yeah. We live in the energetic realm. And- no, no. Oh, wait. Physical. Oh, we're in the then physical dimension. energetic realm. Oh, also known as the three and a half. She never yeah, described Yeah, what? <laughs> then the paratroposphere. Oh, yeah. Which is also called the crustal dimension, by the way. <laughs> crustal. <laughs> and then the extra physical. And then the mental somatic. So, and by the way, there are thousands of extra physical dimensions. Right, yeah. Don't think there's just like those four. Yeah. They're like, on, get over yourself. <laughs> there are thousands within <laughs> that. And so she said she went and visited a dimension in which everybody was living like in the 1800s. But it was all really positive. Yeah. And then she told us not to travel back in time because we won't learn enough. Again, we're just like, yeah, mm -hmm, got it, got it. Could (laughs) we do it now? And it's not like you're traveling back in time to the Earth. You're traveling to this astral realm where people from that time on Earth are continuing to live. Ones who have not returned into new bodies yet, they have found this astral realm location and continued living on as if they have horses and buggies. I hope that all made sense. Right. Yeah. She said, and she also said, sometimes it's not even because those people lived at that time. Like it'll be, you have a dream about people who all look like they're from the 70s and it's because all those people just sort of operate on the level of the 70s. You know. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, I get it. Totally. Yeah. You operate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. mm -hmm. Partridge family. Got it. Okay. Keep going. Um, And at this point, they bring out some more Jargon, why not? Sure. So we're talking about the psychosoma, and the psychosoma has a bunch of different characteristics. There's self-luminosity. Why have luminosity (laughs) when you can have self-luminosity, Ross? Right? I don't want your luminosity. Right. There's self-permeability. Ooh. There's imponderability, which is weightlessness. Oh, and then she mentioned that old 21 grams chestnut. Oh, yes. That your soul weighs 21 grams. Uh, invisibility. I'm really surprised that at no point did they say that we only use 10% of our brains. I know. They got close, though. Yes. This would be the perfect venue for it. Oh, yeah. Totally. Oh, we have a new quote from Carrie. Yes. Oh, I love this one. They're starting to prove that pain is all in the brain. It starts there and travels to the body. (laughs) They're starting to prove. Yep. They're starting. If any sentence it starts with, they're starting to prove, uh-huh. is probably to be disregarded. Yeah, I'm starting to believe that. She means well. Our final instructor, 
Good mm-hmm. looking lady. Yeah, she's pretty. Yeah. But really standoffish. It was funny because she, she stood up there and we found out that she's from Germany. Mm-hmm. And she was just kind of like staring at the floor. Mm-hmm. And she'd be kind of talking. And every now and then you could see she realized like, oh, shoot, I should be looking at the people in this room. So she'd mm-hmm. quickly look up, make eye contact with mm-hmm. Carrie. Okay, look back down at the ground for a while. Look up, make eye contact with Dark Head Lady. Okay, look down at the uh-huh. ground. Yeah, she, she almost looked uncomfortable there. Yeah. But she and spoke well enough. Oh, yeah, she spoke fine, but she was just very austere and unfriendly. Definitely an accent there, and so I'd oh, yeah. have to really focus to get her words. But, yeah, you were saying that she would make a good Scientologist. Oh, yeah, she had that very clean-cut look, and that sort of like, I don't have a personality in how I dress, but I know mm. that this is what I am supposed to wear to be a professional. Here are some blue pants. Here is a button-down shirt. <laughs> no, no hair out of place or anything. Right. Another thing. So in every investigation, we wait for the moment when one, they tell us they can cure cancer. Yes. Which did happen here. You went to the bathroom. Oh, right, really? As I was asking. Remember? Oh, you don't remember? So I raised my hand and said, like, so with the healing, can you? <gasps> yes. What about something serious like cancer? And she was like, oh, yeah. I mean, just just like that. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And I was like, so, I mean, what can you what can you do? Can you cure it? Or and she said, well, I mean, you can try. And a lot of people have had success. But yeah, it works on that. <laughs> oh, OK. Well, straightforward. Wow. Uh, and then. Uh, Amazing that there's still so much cancer with all these cures. out. There. I know. <laughs> the other thing is waiting for a little bit of victim blaming. So <laughs> another one uh, along those lines was they mentioned that quote-unquote deformities, and by that they meant disabilities, Yes, are from things that happened to you in a past life. And I remember they specifically mentioned cerebral palsy, Mm -hmm. uh, which made me think of our friend Lawrence. And it turns out the way Lawrence got his cerebral palsy is that something happened to his previous body like he was in battle. Mm -hmm. And then... A grenade went off. Right. Damaged his body. And now he's just still got it. He's (sighs) still got it. At least they're like retro victim blaming. Uh-huh. Self-retro victim blaming ology. Pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool. At least there wasn't much mention of karma. Mm-hmm. Carrie, I got to stop you there. Uh, yes, Ross. Ross is it? You're talking to me? Mm-hmm. Ross 2. Ross beta. No, Ross alpha. Ross 2.0. Ross of the future. Yes, how can I help you? Okay, I didn't know what was happening there. <laughs> but it's Ross from the future. I can do that. It's a podcast. Oh, this is amazing. I have so many questions for you. Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, um, what would you want me to recommend to you from Maximum Fun? No, like, have we cured malaria? Is the guinea worm gone? Those are petty concerns. Listen to this podcast. The Greatest Discovery is a podcast about Star Trek Discovery and so much more, Ben. We watched the entire first season of Star Trek Discovery, but now we're finding all kinds of interesting ancillary topics to get into. We're interviewing our favorite people. Reading comic books. And we're updating you on the news about season two of Star Trek Discovery. It's news you can use and it's every two weeks on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. That was good. And now I'm just not even worried about the state of the world. All right. Let's go back to the show. (laughs) Yeah. So at the end of each session with each instructor, they would then lead us through one of these energization exercises where we do the the velo. Uh Velo? I think it was velo. Yeah. Carrie had to leave to go uh, get ready for the party. And Gertrude wanted us all to just follow her instructions. And she didn't want to tell us in advance what we were doing this time that was going to be different. And she'd color the experience. So she had us all get comfortable. And I had realized before when we were practicing again with Neil that when I would truly relax my body and we're sitting in these chairs, 
my neck would kind of slump over because I'd think, mm. oh, I can feel all these muscles in my neck. I try to relax them, but then my head is doing these very uncomfortable things. Mm-hmm. So this time I kind of laid out like a plank uh-huh. sort of laid out on this sure. uh, chair and that was better. So I think I had my best velo experience. Okay. And so, yeah, I could feel the energy moving down. It was a little difficult around the gut. I feel it really strongly like through the legs, but I was kind of getting the motion going and she was saying, no, it doesn't need to move quickly, you know, just make sure it keeps going up and down. So then after she had us doing this for like maybe uh, five minutes or something, and we're in the dark, it's very dimly lit. She said, okay, now I want you to open your eyes and look at my face. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, kind of cracking my eyes open. It's just weird. You know, we're all sitting there in the dark room, but you know, you can see enough. Uh And, you know, I'm laying down. You're squinting at me. Uh Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm staring at her and she wants you just to stare at her nose, her eyes or something like that. And she's like, and she didn't tell us how long this was going to go or anything. So I'm just sitting there. I expect her to be like, tell me something you like about me. (laughs) Right. I can't tell if she's looking back at me too, because it's that dim Uh where I can just kind of see the shapes on her face. So as I'm staring at her, all of a sudden, like her face, the features kind of morph. Uh So I'm seeing the dark circles for the eyes and under the nose and the mouth. And they're moving around and kind of roiling and Mm -hmm. forming different shapes. And then occasionally they would just blink out. She'd have a blank face. Uh And all these visual phenomena that you would expect when you Mm -hmm. stare at something for a long time. Especially in the dark. Yeah. I remember seeing auras all the time when like I would stare at a pastor for a long time giving a sermon. Mm. There'd be a white backdrop Mm -hmm. behind them because, yeah, it's just an optical effect. And so there's a little bit of that. I was getting these washes of like magenta Mm -hmm. covering her. Yeah, it was all very low gain in the dark. But yeah, definitely her face was moving around, sometimes disappearing. So finally, when she turned back on the lights, then she was asking us, oh, so what did you see? I went first or maybe second, and I kind of described all the things I just said. And others then kind of jumped on that later. Oh, yeah, I also saw your face disappearing. And mm-hmm. one person like, I saw your whole midsection was like semi-transparent. Oh, it was the guy in the back. Ah. And she's like, oh, that's interesting. No one's ever said that before. <laughs> oh, huh. And I don't know if you felt abashed or not, but... Yeah, pretty much everybody had sort of the same experience I did. And she even did say at one point, like, oh, some of that is optical. But uh-huh, but you were okay. having but you were having all these perceptions of the astral realm. And one person said there was like a hazy white cloud next to her. And she was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely like you're seeing an astral body. So uh, anyways, that's what you missed out on. Wow. It sounds like an adventure. Yeah. Awesome. But you didn't leave your body. I didn't. So still, still haven't left my body. So we're planning to go for module two. Oh, yeah. We're actually recording this episode. You guys are hearing us back in time my, 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 in July. Who says you can't learn anything by going back in time? Exactly. <laughs> uh, because we're saving this one so that nobody finds us out. Yeah. And then we're going to do module two. Then maybe we'll get out of our bodies. Woohoo. I hope we'll so. We'll see. I do think this is possible. Maybe not oh, in the yeah. way they describe, but uh-huh. I think you definitely can travel over oh, your yeah. body, and I want it. I know. I want, I want it, it so much. Like, this is one of the ones that I've been like, I really want to do that. Like, it's a skill. Yeah. For and, sure. And and lucid dreaming as well, and we'll talk yeah. more about that. But I've, I've had it work for me, like, just once or twice, and yeah, I want I've it back. I've never gone out of my body. I, oh, well, take oh. that, Mrs. I can have hypnagogic. <laughs> I'd rather go out of my body. <laughs> but I did have, I've had one dream where it just felt like more than a dream. Like it felt like something in me was moving. Oh, interesting. But I wouldn't have described it as an out-of-body experience if I'd never like 
heard of that. It just felt like, wow, this is a really powerful dream kind of thing. Yeah. And it did involve flying. That's cool. Oh, I've never flown in a dream. Another thing I'm jealous of. Yeah. Boy, the Olympics of dreaming up in here. Seriously. (laughs) Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our editor is Victor Figueroa. Our administrative manager is one Ian Kramer, who's going to be visiting us soon. That's right. Yeah, that's exciting. Excited We're going to go on a picnic. Him. I'm going to bring vegan potato salad. What are you bringing? Do you know? I don't know what food I'm bringing. I'll bring some, but I'm going to bring Koob. What? The lawn game of kings. It's a Nordic game. <laughs> I love the expression you had there that, that didn't help you at all. It's uh, you, you set up a bunch of pegs and you got to throw other wooden pegs at them. And the kub is the king in the center. So This for, sounds like something you're like siblings made up as a trick on you. So you, you throw like these short dowels at the wooden blocks on the opposite side. Okay. And then there's rules about what happens, like how you eliminate them. Okay. And then once you've eliminated all your opponents, knights, I think they are, then you get to knock over the king or attempt to it's a lot of fun it's like bowling meets archery i don't know but it's fun i'm bringing potato salad what were we saying oh you can also find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash on we have pictures we have videos we have articles come like us you can also follow us on twitter at oh no podcast o-h-n-o-p-o-d-c-a-s-t you can also find us at greta.com you can read transcripts there you can search for specific things we said mm-hmm. and then you can obsess over them <laughs> yep and then you can email us about them yep Wouldn't you can that do be that fun that would be so that's fun for everybody so great <laughs> And you can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. I mean, if you're cool. Yeah. And remember, in the words of the other, Carrie. They're starting to prove that pain is all in the brain. It starts there and then it travels to the body. Hello, Amita Patel. Hello, Sean David Johnson. What's going on? I think a friend of mine may have chronic pop culture deficiency syndrome. Oh, no. PCDS? What are the symptoms? Well, she doesn't know Wakanda from Westeros. Shameful. And she keeps confusing Aziz Ansari and Riz Ahmed. Oh, my gosh. So sad. Kind of racist, too. But what did you tell her to do? I told her to listen to our podcast, Inside Pop, of course. Fantastic idea. A weekly dose of Inside Pop will help anyone discover the best in TV, film, and music. Suffer from PCDS no more. Inside Pop has you covered every Wednesday on Max Fun. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.